0: Welcome to The Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week.
1: We just went onto one particular insurer's website and compared the cost of a three-week trip to South Africa, a single trip, with an annual policy, and it was more than £40 cheaper
2: for annual cover from the same insurer. According to the comparison site Confuse.com, prices for new car insurance policies in early 2022 have risen by £12 compared to what they were at the same time last year. But Compare the Market, meanwhile, is reporting that average premiums for the same group of customers have gone up by £68.
0: It'll cost you money in the short term, but it could save you thousands of pounds if something unexpected happens. Yes, I'm talking about insurance. It can quite literally be a lifesaver, but with the cost of living crisis underway, how do you make sure you're getting the best cover for the best price? This week on the podcast, I'm joined by Witch Money journalists, Dean Sobers and Ian Aikman to talk about how you can save hundreds of pounds on insurance bills while still keeping the protection you need to avoid potentially exorbitant emergency payments. Dean and Ian, thank you so much for joining us today. So let's start with travel insurance then. Thanks to the relaxation of travel restrictions and a spell of good weather, many of us might be thinking about booking holidays this week. But of course, even those who can afford it will want to keep costs to a minimum. Ian, you've been doing some research into a way you might be able to get travel insurance for less, and it's quite a surprising one. Tell us a bit about it.
1: Yeah, so we had a suspicion that annual travel insurance policies would be rising in popularity, likely because, as you say, People are now expecting to be able to travel more freely over the next 12 months. I know I'm excited about that. Haven't been away since 2019. So And when we asked comparison sites about this, they said, yeah, they've seen an uptick in people buying annual travel insurance. So we wanted to know, should you get it? And of course, just to recap exactly what we're talking about here, there are two kinds of travel insurance you can book that single trip policies where you tell the insurer of the country you're visiting and the dates you'll be there and they cover you just for that trip. And then annual multi-trip policies, which cover you for the whole year, and you don't need to say where you're going to go or when, and you'll just be given a quote based on whether you want cover for a certain area, so like Europe or the world, or the world excluding the USA and some other countries is usually an option too. So already there's quite a few options there for you. We really wanted to help people save money while still being covered, because it is important that you do get cover. So what we did is we used the comparison site to gather over 250 travel insurance quotes for trips of different lengths to a number of different countries, and we crunched those numbers.
0: Okay, Ian, so that's a serious amount of number crunching. So when you're shopping for travel insurance, what do we need to know about annual versus single trip policies?
1: Yeah, I mean, it it was a lot of number crunching. And I think the biggest takeaway, which was surprising to us, is that annual policies can actually be cheaper, even if you're only going on one trip that year. So we got quotes for a 70-year-old traveler taking a two-week trip to the USA, As one example. And the average of the five sort of cheapest quotes for a single trip policy, sort of give you an impression of what would be on the lower end of the scale, was £208 to ensure just that trip. But the equivalent annual policy was £163, so it's £45 cheaper. For the same trip for a 40-year-old traveler, annual was cheaper again, but this time only by a pound but still it's cheaper. Yeah. Again. yeah, still. And when you look at bigger holidays, uh, the savings get even more substantial. So for a huge sort of trip of a lifetime type journey to China for three weeks, it's 241 pounds cheaper to insure it with an annual policy, as opposed to a single trip one that is for a 70 year old again. And, you know, we wondered if this was just sort of a quirk of our research because, you know, we're doing averages, so we tested it out on individual insurers' websites too, and we found the same thing. So we just went on onto well, yeah, we on one particular insurer's website and compared the cost of a three-week trip to South Africa, a single trip with an annual policy, and compared it to a single trip policy. And it was more than £40 cheaper for annual cover from the same insurer.
0: That is wild. And there can be some really huge savings. But But why on earth would it cost you less to have more insurance, essentially?
1: I mean, yeah, we did not expect this to come up. So we asked the British Insurers Brokers Association, or Biba, and it said it could just be due to the way insurers calculate risk. So perhaps on average, most 70-year-olds who take out an annual trip policy, don't make many claims. Maybe they only go on a few short trips in the year. But meanwhile, people taking out specific single trip policies to faraway destinations like South Africa or China and these examples might need to claim more frequently. So with an annual trip policy, you're sort of benefiting of the kind of mystery of where you're actually going to go and how much risk you're actually taking because they've sort of spread the risk across people who they expect not to be taking any risks. So that could be why you could find those savings there.
0: There are some quite amazing examples there, Ian. But what if you're not going on a longer trip or you're not going so far afield? Could it still be cheaper to get an annual policy?
1: So it is important to say that these are just some specific examples in which annual was cheaper for just one trip. That's definitely not the case across the board. In fact, usually. It will be cheaper to get a single trip policy if you're going on one holiday. That's kind of the point of having them. These are just some sort of outliers where enough of it a clear example to make it worth checking in cases like that. But as you say, if you're going on a shorter trip, it is less likely, and going on you know fewer trips as well, it is less likely that annual is going to be cheaper than single trip. I definitely wouldn't recommend going straight to an annual policy. It's definitely worth checking, even if you are. You know, an older traveler going on a longer trip, as in those examples. And, you know, travel insurance quotes do vary anyway from customer to customer, depending on many things. So we can't actually say for sure whether you'll see similar findings to ours. You know, we tried to be as representative as we could, but obviously there will be differences. But we did still find some trends that could help you figure out whether it's actually worth exploring annual travel insurance or not. So if you're going on three holidays of, two weeks or more, annual multi-trip is probably going to be cheaper. Insurers say it's for people going on two or three holidays a year is generally what it's meant for the kind of target customer. So with two-week trips, though, actually, it can go either way. Annual might be cheaper, but actually, it might be cheaper to insure two two two-week trips on their own. So if you're going on two holidays, you can have a look at annual insurance, but I wouldn't expect necessarily for you to find that it was worth doing. And with shorter holidays, you will have to take a lot more of them for annual insurance to be worth it. So when it comes to uh, weekend breaks, for example, you'd have to take quite a few of those to make it worth getting an annual policy. You're probably best off getting single trip with those. And of course, as you say, if you're doing any kind of big holiday, maybe you've been waiting and saving up for one throughout the pandemic, you should definitely investigate annual cover because it could be cheaper and it will cover you if you manage to go abroad again later in the year, which is another thing to consider that extra coverage that you do get. But definitely it's worth checking. 100%
0: thank you so much Ian for coming on it's fascinating stuff if you want to learn more about which kind of travel insurance you should be buying and how to compare the prices yourself you can read Ian's full story at which.co.uk forward slash annual insurance now Dean while we're still on travel insurance what are some of the kind of bread and butter tips of yours
2: So I guess the key bread and butter piece of advice that we would generally give is to shop around widely. Now, this is kind of something that goes for all types of insurance and many other things that you buy. Although it's particularly relevant with travel insurance in as far as if you're using the main comparison sites to shop for your travel insurance, there are quite a few travel insurance companies that actually don't sell through those sites. So to properly shop around, you need to widen your scope a little bit. It can be well worth shopping around more widely because there are lots of firms, for instance, that specialise in particular types of cover. So, for instance, cover for people with pre-existing medical conditions that aren't really able to operate through comparison sites or the main ones anyway. And we found in the past that, that customers that really struggled to find affordable cover through the main comparison sites have been able to find it like hundreds of pounds cheaper by just kind of looking further afield. The main place that we would recommend going to find out who these insurance providers are and what they can offer for you is the British Insurance Brokers Association. Ian mentioned them earlier. You can go onto their website. They they run a a find insurance service, which kind of helps you find a broker if you're struggling to find insurance elsewhere. And they also have a phone number that you can call for the same service. And it's 0370 950 1790. In addition to checking Biba, specifically if you have a difficult to cover medical condition, there's actually a directory of insurers that specialize in covering people with medical conditions, which is on the moneyhelper.org.uk website that's pretty much what we would recommend.
0: Thanks, Dean. Super helpful services to be aware of there and share with anyone who might benefit from them. Now, of course, we've talked about the huge number of bills that are skyrocketing thanks to the cost of living crisis in previous episodes of the Which Money podcast. And it brings me no joy to say that the cost of living crisis appears to have hit home and car insurance bills too. Dean, how much are prices rising?
2: So since the end of last year, premiums for new car and home insurance policies um, seem to have been going up, at least for some customers. The actual amounts that they went up by varies depending on who you ask. There are quite a few organisations that track premiums. And while they usually see the same sort of overall trends, the figures themselves can be very different. So as an example, uh, according to the comparison site Confuse.com, prices for new car insurance policies in early 2022 have risen by £12 compared to what they were at the same time last year. But Compare the Market, meanwhile, is reporting that average premiums for the same group of customers have gone up by £68. And there have also been reports that home insurance is going up too, though, by, by less.
0: Wow, that's shocking, isn't it? So do we know why this is happening?
2: So it seems to be kind of clearer with car insurance that a lot of it has to do with the impact of the pandemic. So past couple of years, obviously, we've had lots of disruption and there have been far fewer people driving than beforehand. So with far fewer people driving, there have been a lot less accidents happening on the roads. And this has saved insurers a lot of money in claims. As a result, it's basically been cheaper for them to insure drivers. So premiums kind of went down quite substantially. Things are beginning to kind of return to normal now. So we're seeing the cost of insurance going back up and we're seeing premiums begin to rise. But then also kind of more immediately at the beginning of this year, there was a change in the law, which basically meant that insurers aren't allowed to offer new customers special discounts for switching. And this applies to both car and home insurance. The new rules are designed to make insurance pricing fairer on loyal customers. So beforehand, it was often the case that you could buy a new policy from a new insurer at an excellent price. And then over the years, the premium would just gradually increase. And, and it, you know there'd be a lot of cases where you'd be paying multiple times what a new customer would be paying for exactly the same product. So that's what this new rule was put in place to sort of combat. Interestingly, the Association of British Insurers last week published some figures that relate to car insurance, which suggests that premiums are now moving differently for new drivers and renewing ones. So the ABI said that since quarter four last year, October, November and December, premiums for new customers have gone up by £20 but it says that premiums paid by customers that renewed cover with the same insurer have actually fallen by £47. So in a way that suggests that we might be seeing a a kind of a complex, but a sort of a promising picture in that renewing customers are actually seeing their premiums go down a little bit. Of course, the massive caveat I have to apply to all of these figures is that these are basically averages of what millions of people are paying. So whether you are a switcher or a renewer. They don't really give you much insight to how reasonable your deal is. The only way that you can find that out is by shopping around. Fortunately, that's not too difficult to do.
0: Now, Dean, we've talked on the podcast recently about how switching energy providers at the moment really isn't as effective as it used to be. But that's not the case when it comes to insurance, is it? So, Dean, insurance switching 101, how do you do it and how much could you save?
2: So it's still very much worth shopping around. There's still competition, even if insurers can't offer you like a special new customer discount to kind of reel you in. So according to Compare the Market, drivers can potentially save £120 by switching. And that's a lot more than the average amount of price rises that we've been recently seeing. So it's definitely still worth doing and it can stand to save you a lot of money. So how do you do it? The place that you start is, you know, it's coming up to your renewal. You get your offer from your insurer. Now, on that renewal notice should be last year's price, and you should be able to compare it to the offer that you're getting. So the first thing to do is just check, you know, has it gone up? Has it gone down? Has it stayed the same? If so, are you happy with that change? And then secondly, is the price that they're offering now a reasonable one? Now, the second question, if it's a reasonable price, that's kind of the more tricky one to answer, and you'll need to kind of do a bit of investigating to find that out. The way that you do that, it should take you about 20 minutes, maybe half an hour. Basically, just check some comparison sites, plug in your details into a few of them. We do recommend using multiple comparison sites as opposed to one because they tend to have different insurers on them. Insurers can provide different prices through different sites. So if you you want to kind of have as full a picture as you can, use several sites. But that will show you basically what your insurer's rivals are prepared to offer you in comparison to what your insurer is offering you. So then what you've got is a decision to make. If you're happy with your price, then maybe you want to just stay put and accept the insurer's offer. If you're unhappy for any particular reason, give the insurer a call to tell them. Whenever we've researched this, we've found that this more often than not results in the customer getting a reduced quote. Insurers seem to be quite receptive to negotiating the premium. When we last researched it, we found that customers would get an average reduction of around £50. And then when you're having these discussions with the insurer, let them know if you've spotted better prices in the research that you've been doing on the comparison sites. They may, for instance, be prepared to match or beat an alternative that you found. And then if, you know, it's possible that nothing will come of these steps or that you'll remain unsatisfied with the price that the insurer has offered you. If that's the case, then it's time to switch. Now, there is one note of caution. It's not going to be enough when you're switching just to go for the cheapest price you can see. What you need to also make sure is that you're basically looking for the best price for cover that suits your needs. So, you know, you don't want to pay a premium that's, you know, maybe five ten quid less than what you're on, but then finds that it's got an excess that's 500 pounds higher than what you're paying or something. So yeah, you have to be very careful just to make sure that you know what it is that you're buying and that you're kind of happy with the value of what you're getting.
0: And what about if you're willing to take extra measures to cut down your home and car insurance costs? I find this stuff really interesting. What kind of things might be worth considering?
2: So yeah, there are lots, you've got lots of options that might help you get better value for your home and car insurance when you're looking at potential alternatives to what you've got. One option that you might want to look into if you're a driver is getting a telematics policy, or they're also known as black box policies. And what these do basically is they'll either have, uh, it'll either be through a, a device that's installed in your car or through an app on your phone or something like that. They will basically track the way that you drive or how much you drive so for instance if it's based on how good a driver you are then you'll get a reduction in your premium if you demonstrate you know that you that you're driving very safely and similarly there are the policies that basically give you a price that is directly related to how many miles you drive so if you're a low mileage driver then these policies can kind of recognize that in a way that other policies might not Another thing that insurers tend to like, this is the case with home insurance, is making improvements to your home security arrangements. So when you're applying for home insurance, they'll ask you questions about what type of locks you've got on your doors or what type of burglar alarm you've got and safety things as well, like smoke alarms and that sort of stuff. If you can make improvements here, that's likely to have a beneficial effect to the premium that they'll offer you because I'll think that you're less likely to make a claim for those reasons. And then also things that you might want to look at when you're looking at cover or or considering the cover that you've got is whether it's delivering value. You know, are you paying for cover that's actually kind of redundant to you? So, for example, example, maybe you've got an enhanced courtesy car sort of add-on, but perhaps if you've got access to two cars so that, you know, if one car was being repaired, was out of action, you actually wouldn't need someone to lend you a car. You'd be able to get by without it. So if that's the case, then maybe you don't need that extra courtesy car add-on. And then another thing to look at as well is the excess that you have. So the excess is basically the amount that you would have to pay in a claim situation before the insurer picked up the rest. If you increase the excess, you'll get a lower premium. So you want to look at the excess and you want to think about how much do you comfortably have to hand that you would be able to put towards, you know, repairs or replacements in some sort of emergency if you've got no excess, but if you're comfortable that you would have like, you know, hundred pounds to hand or So then increasing it by that amount would get you that reduction in your premium. But on the reverse, if you have your excess set too high, then you might be putting yourself in a lot of trouble if you come to make a claim, but you don't have the amount to cover the excess.
0: And finally, Dean, you know, something all of us dread, but have sadly seen a lot more of recently due to global warming, a freak weather events and storms damaging our homes. The Association of British Insurers estimates that insurance companies will pay out nearly 500 million to fix damage caused by storms Dudley, Eunice and Franklin earlier this year. And Dean, you've done some great work looking into how home insurance works for houses in flood prone areas, including on a Which Money podcast episode back in 2020, episode 78, if you Do you want to to go back and have a listen? The bottom line, you know, unsurprisingly, is that it can be more expensive to insure your home if it's likely to flood. But is there any good news for people whose homes might be damaged?
2: Yeah, there is some good news. And it's uh, something of a change in how home insurance actually operates when it comes to flood cover. Just sort of briefly, back before 2016, it was generally very difficult for people that lived in high-risk flood areas to access affordable insurance for their homes that would also cover them for flooding. And this was recognised as being you know, a serious problem because it affected millions of people so in 2016 the government and the insurance industry launched a scheme called flood re to help those customers and the way that it works is that all home insurers have to pay into the scheme and in return participating insurers can draw on those collected funds to pay flood claims and this allows them to offer affordable home insurance to to these customers that live in high risk flood areas Last month, FloodRe expanded what it does. So it launched what is called the Build Back Better scheme. In practice, this provides financial support to insurers to not only pay flood claims, but also to pay for the installation of flood resilience measures in those homes that have been flooded. So, what are flood resilience measures? Well, these are things like self closing air bricks, adding flood resistant doors. Raising electrical sockets, things that basically make it so that if your home is flooded it kind of causes less damage it's less catastrophic. So basically if you're if you're with an insurer that is part of this scheme, not only should you have affordable cover but it also means that if you do make a flood claim you'll be better protected against future flooding.
0: And Dean, would you have to do anything special to get one of these policies? Would you have to go via websites directly, for instance?
2: No, you don't. So basically, it all, it all kind of happens in the background. So you don't have any direct interaction with Flood Re or Build Back Better at all. All you have to do is be with an insurer that itself is part of the scheme. There are currently five initial participating insurers. These are Aegeus, Aviva, NFU Mutual, Lloyds Banking Group and LV. And if you go onto the Flood Re site, you should be able to find out more information about the scheme. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much to Dean and Ian for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch money podcast now for a little bit of housekeeping if you haven't already please do show the podcast some love wherever you're listening hit follow leave a review and subscribe to make sure you catch us again next week and for more money news and advice find us on social media at Witch money and online at witchcouk forward slash money this episode of the Witch Money podcast was produced by Ian Aikman and Rob Lilly and edited by Eric Breer. <laughs>